Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 130. Hey, Albert, what do you get when you mix a dream and a spaceship? Uh, I don't know. What do you get? A yellow submarine. Ah! <laughs> Okay, that wasn't so bad, actually. <laughs> and the reason that matters is because today's game is Nautilion, which actually does feature a yellow submarine. And it's also Flatline, which is spaceships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of are, aren't they? And so, welcome, everybody. This is Albert. Hi, this is Julius. Yep. And uh, we're coming to you live from the same place we always do. Um, we have another show. We're starting a little bit late this week. That's okay. And then we have a lot to cover because we're going to try and cover two dice games this time. We're going to try and cover Natillion and Flatline in addition to all of our normal news and Kickstarter mentions. So we have a lot to cover and we're going to get right into yep. it. And though we don't have a lot of news, I'd say we have way more than we've had in a long time. So, so up with the news. So starting off with news, I think this is something uh, Albert was going off on before. Asmodee North America is now moving to a minimum advertised pricing setup, which, again, what they used to have is that there was a minimum discount or a maximum discount allowed based on whether you were an online retailer or a brick-and-mortar retailer. So allegedly they're dropping that and now they're moving to minimum advertised price, which means that the online retailers are again able to actually sell it for whatever it is that they want to or whatever discount they want to. They just can only advertise at a certain price. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of ways to get around that sort of stuff. It's like there's one website that I shop at, not game related, where they'll show a certain price, but once you've logged in, they will show you the other price. But you have to first log in. Exactly. They they won't have yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of ways of getting around it. I'm sure that plenty of people will start getting around it. But people are talking about this all across the board. And I know that Albert was saying a number of things about minimum advertised pricing and that sort of stuff on previous episodes. Mm, I'm glad they listened to me. Yes. So I'm glad they could I'm glad we could get you triggered <laughs> off on that one. Yep. So so what else? Okay, so that's good. I mean, I I think, well, I don't know. It is what it is. That's that's surprising though. Want to talk about some Altamas? Yeah, let's talk about a lot of different Altamas. Uh, we got an email from Morden, Morden Monred Pedersen, uh, inventor of the Altama systems, really. Um, he mentioned to us that he has finished the Scythe, the Wind Gambit expansion Altamas and shipped those off. Um, and he, and that's on the heels of finishing the Charterstone Altamas and the Gaia Altamas. So he's got a lot of stuff done. A lot of the game's going to be coming out soon or soonish, whatever, with Altamas. The for those that aren't familiar with those three, Scythe, the Wind Gambit, is the expansion coming up for Scythe, which is a big dudes-on-a-map game, which is now going to be having airships. Gaia is the set-in-space version of Terra Mystica, um, which is also going to be having Atama. And Charterstone is the other upcoming worker-placement legacy-style game uh, coming from Stonemaier Games. Yep. And, and, you know, Charterstone sounds interesting to me. I don't know much about Terra Mystica. I've never played it. Scythe looks really neat, but it seems like it's a big game that would not get to play too much. So so I've been scared to look at it and try it out. <laughs> well, I'm really interested in Charterstone. Hopefully it's going to be live up to my expectations, but I'm I'm expecting that to be a good thing. Do you know anything about the playtime of that game or anything like that? 60 minutes per game. Oh, okay. That's doable, yeah. Yeah, it's very doable. It's supposed to be 60 minutes per game, and it's supposed to be that the legacy components are 12 games. So, you know, 
it shouldn't take you too long to go through the legacy aspect. And then at that point in time, you're just at a regular board game and hopefully there'll be enough demand that there'll be a, a redo pack to use the backside, excuse me, a redo pack to use the backside of the board to go through the legacy aspect again. So that's 24 games legacy and many, many, many versions without legacy, which will just hopefully be a nice worker placement game, which looks similar to the type of style of worker placement that we've seen for euphoria and that type of thing with on your turn, you're either placing a worker or taking back your workers and workers bump other workers off. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. I am looking forward to that. He also mentioned that for, for Scythe, there's going to be two modules in this expansion, two solitaire modules specifically. Um, one of the things he did is try to reduce the, he didn't include any cards, I think, for the, for the automa deck because, because people have been buying multiple automa decks to play with. And so, so if you add cards for the automa deck, you're going to need to buy one expansion per, per deck, right? So, so he tried to keep that out of there, which is, which is nice. I know that they have the print-and-play versions for Scythe. Now, then, what you're referring to, I know you said you haven't played much Scythe, but in my opinion, if you're playing Scythe solo, it's nicer to play it versus two Automa mm-hmm. AIs than versus one. And if you control each with an Automa deck, the Automa decks are pretty easy to use, so you can run through both of them, and it gives you a little bit more interaction during the game. So playing through two is nicer than just playing through one. You could just print off a, a print-and-play copy, essentially, of the deck, which is available from their website, Site, but they also sell straight from their website additional automa decks if you want to pick up an actual deck. So they're trying to make sure that they're working your way into allowing people to continue to use their multiple automa decks. Yep, without having to spend a fortune, which is it's, it's nice that they're they're considering that because I think mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of publishers tend to to not worry about that. It's sort of not their problem. Well, I don't think I'd ever hear uh, Morden saying anything like it's not their problem, being that he's a pretty strong member of the guild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so also on the Automa news, this is not at all Morton, BGG user T. Deconilis, I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce that right, has made an Automa for near and far, and he provided a link for that, um, solo and cooperative. It broke my heart to read this, because I considered backing the Kickstarter for this game, because the art looked fantastic, and I've really enjoyed Above and Below. And right, so near and far is a sequel to Above and Below, sort of. Um... Which is pretty fun, is, by the way. I think it's better than Above see, and Below. I think it's better than Above and Below. I didn't get it because I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to play this. I'm not going to find the group to play it with. And it doesn't support solo, so let me not get it. And now the game just came out, and here I am reading that there's already an Automa deck. Oh. Yeah, I've had the chance to play it. Well, I mean, it's an unofficial <laughs> Automa deck. I haven't had a chance to see if it's any good. Yeah. Um, But I, I do like the game. I definitely think it's better than Above and Below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds great from what I've heard about it, and it looks so nice. And you know, if you back the Kickstarter, you got all these great bonus components and stuff. And boohoo, not for me. <laughs> but yeah, check that out if you have the game. I'll provide a link for that. And you know, there's a thread for it. One seven nine zero three zero two on BGG. I'm sure it's part of the uh, the game's page, so it should be easy to find anyway. And so finally up on the the news is there is a new one-player guild game by Morden. Again, Morden's in the news. This is the one, the Who's Gary, the one-player guild board game. Oh, Albert, you're going into this. The The game is, is basically, it's an in-joke about trying to find, uh, figure out, or not figure out who's Gary, avoid learning who Gary is. If you're in the one-player <laughs> guild, you've probably heard 
the Who's Gary line mentioned once in a while. And while you're trying to avoid this, myself and Julius are chasing you, trying to catch you. And uh, it's apparently a silly game. I have not played it yet, but I've figured I figured it out. I think you're the one who's chasing. I'm just helping you. I'm just <laughs> yeah, the, the sidekick, helpful yes. minion. Yes, you you and a, uh, an army of sock puppets, right? And these are all one-player guild-in jokes and that sort of thing. I haven't played it. It sounds oh, like it's goodness. a very simple game. Not a lot of thought and playtesting went into it. But it's really about that social interaction. So if you <laughs> or, print it, or development. Or I think it's just a big joke. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And um, and so the point is to just go play it and post your scores and have fun with that. But but that was yeah. neat to see that Morden did that. It's definitely a funny in joke to be able to yeah, have. Yeah. All right, and so that's it for the news. I mean, that was pretty quick. Boy, we really are zooming through this. Should we now jump into Kickstarter? This will probably take a little longer. Uh, we can briefly go through a couple of Kickstarters. Okay. Uh, first, let me talk about Triplock, which is the newest game from Chip Theory Games. Um, I'm going to be going through these very briefly because we don't have a lot of time. But in Triplock, this feels almost like a rush hour type game, one of those puzzle type games as opposed to an you know, a game game, a strategy game. It's more like a puzzle because the idea is, is you have a lock, you have a bunch of chips in different combination between them and you're having to use your memory to remember where things are and sort and order them around to try and match a goal card, sort of like mastermind type thing. And it's relatively inexpensive for a chip theory game. It's only $22 before shipping, and the U.S. is $6 shipping. Uh, and it's designed to be either one or two players. When you're playing solo, there's a set of scenarios for you to get through and go ahead and beat those, and then you can make it more difficult on yourself. Uh, pretty looking game set in a steampunk-looking universe. It's a it's a chip theory game. You know, I've heard a lot of really good things about it. I don't I don't personally own a chip theory game yet. I definitely like to get a copy of Too Many Bones. I know that Hoplomachos is a really good game of theirs. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm backing it. I think it's cool. Looking. Yeah, at twenty two dollars for the game, it's hard not to. And it's not free shipping. You do pay shipping on top of that, but still, that wasn't that much. So. And I've already convinced Albert to get it. <laughs> so yeah, check that one out. And when does that go on to? Uh, that one is going to be ending in July 13th. So right before Bastille Day. So that is Triplock. Next I'm going to talk about very briefly is Oaxaca. I know, it's Oaxaca, but Oaxaca, O-A-X-A-C-A, which is a, another small dice manipulation game. If you heard about Sagrada last time and you thought Sagrada sounds interesting, uh, take out the idea of dice placement and just go to dice manipulation and you'll have the idea of Oaka. You are going to roll your dice and you have one mulligan of your dice and you're then trying to use your dice to buy and craft different tools and those tools will give you more dice and score manipulation abilities. In the solo game, you're essentially trying to go through that number of rounds just trying to get as many points as possible. This reminds me of the game To Court the King and the way you describe it. Where Have you played that one? And I know we're pretty not coming up with the new ones. I have. The Egyptian theme. In which I have played To Court the King, and I don't remember what the new Egyptian one is, but I have played To Court the King. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of – I mean, as soon as I say it's it, you're using dice to buy stuff, you sort of have to jump to that type of thing. Not quite like that because you're – 
until you finish off a spot, you're not using something. When you buy something, you buy it permanently. But sure, that same idea. Okay. This one is about $30, and it's going to be ending on July 3rd. And it is one to six players. Next one I want to mention is the Helionox Deluxe Edition. And this is the an expansion and a deluxe edition. Um, Helionox is a game that has multiple modes for it. It's got a competitive, cooperative, and solo mode. And the idea of the game, it's it's really all card-based, that you're moving around from one of five different card locations, and you're trying to use those card locations to develop things in those locations and plant down... Um, plant down settlements in those locations to be able to make better use of them. And you're jumping around back and forth to try and stave off cataclysms and prevent bad stuff from happening while you're building up your deck, essentially. Uh, at one point in time, I'm probably going to be making a more full review of this one, but we haven't been able to schedule that in before the Kickstarter launched. But at this point in time, the Kickstarter is now out there and they're doing now a deluxe edition, which is going to have a couple extra things that are coming for solo on it. And it's, it has a play mat and nicer cards. And the art of this game is really nice. It's a really good looking game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that some of the, you know, looking at the deluxe edition, which is what I was looking at, it's got some nicer ship tokens, which I thought just look really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine are just little tokens, just cardboard chits. So that is the Helionox deluxe edition. Um, and you can just get the expansion for $39, or you can get the expansion of the original for $59. And this one is going to also be ending on July 3rd. That's a busy time on Kickstarter, isn't it? I know. There's so much stuff on Kickstarter right now. It's a problem because usually, I mean, as we're starting into the summer, I would expect most things to be holding off their Kickstarter launches to be matching around the time that various conventions are going. Now, I know Origins just happened, I believe, but, you know, Origins just happened. Gen Con is coming. I would kind of expecting these things to come out closer to Gen Con, but I guess not. But there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really good solo stuff out there. I feel like there's a lot of really good things right around now. I don't know why. Uh, But then there's the occasional garbage. (laughs) That, That can happen here and there. Yeah, like Epic AF. Uh, Albert, you familiar with that I've one? heard of it. I, I, I actually listened to the, an interview with a designer today. I did. You know, it's exciting. It's Warhammer Quest, right? The, the card game. The yeah, exactly. Game it's Warhammer Quest the card game. I really, I really liked Warhammer Quest the card game. So you're I'm, excited about this I'm a this big one. fan of it. I wish I was. It feels like they took Warhammer the Quest and threw it in the toilet. And yeah, and then and that's kind of what off. I heard about that. <laughs> it's it's gross. It's gross. Uh, it's poop jokes are not funny to me. Somebody walking into a room and saying "Ha, ah, I farted," isn't that funny? Is not funny. <laughs> and so what's going on here is the game is now very literally toilet humor. It's the same same mechanics as Warhammer Quest, but the theme has totally changed. It's they they turned it juvenile is what they did, and I really was hoping because. When Warhammer Quest, the card game, when Fantasy Flight lost it, I realized there's not going to be any more expansions. And I got the one, two expansion, the two mini expansions they got because I I wanted more from the game. It was a good game. It was a good system. 
I, I thought it completely blew away the the progenitor to it, um, uh, Death Angel, the card game. I think it just completely blew it away. And I, I really like the system, and I wanted them to do something more powerful with it. But come on, don't give me toilet humor. <laughs> yeah, and so and so the setting appears to now be um, steampunk. I don't know if I consider this steampunk. The this the setting is stupid fantasy. Yeah, I don't know. I can't talk about this anymore. <laughs> Albert, get this out of get this out of okay. here. Well, just just to be fair, in case somebody is interested in it, because it, it isn't for Julius, it does look it's the same designers as Warhammer Quest. They've kept all the mechanics, so in theory, you could actually just sleeve all the cards and play this with Warhammer Quest, and everything would be compatible. So if you really like the system and the theme doesn't bother you, you know, check it out, I would say. <laughs> Julius, keep keep your ears plugged for just another moment. Oh! You can't just sleeve it and mix it with Warhammer. Actually, wait a second. The funding was canceled about 12 hours ago. Yes, the funding was canceled. And you know why the funding was canceled? Let me quote it for you. One moment. Yeah, I'm aware that the funding was canceled. Why are we even talking about Quote, it? Quote, during the campaign, during the campaign, some people have suggested, and a few have backed the project for $1 just so they come and say this, that we should change our game to not be so dumb and to make a serious game. Well, that isn't going to happen. We are awful fantasy. Our games will always be inherently stupid. So they're going to... So why why they cancel? Play, they're going to re... They're saying they're going... Because they're going to relaunch it. Okay. Because they're going to relaunch it. They're canceling it. They're making some changes and they're going to relaunch it. But it's going to be just as stupid. I mean, they're saying, we're going to make a stupid game. Yeah. And and their goal is a little high. It's $70,000. So that's... Honestly, it just seems like it's going to be hard to reach no matter what. Ugh. Well, anyway, so there you go. If, if the theme keeps interest you, keep an eye out for it because there might be another Warhammer Quest game out finally. Just slightly different theme. <laughs> to be To be nice. Disgusting, get out of here. Move on. Move on. Natillion, let's do it. Now let's go to our squeaky clean, scrub clean submarine. Now Tillion. This is a game in the Oniverse designed by Shady Torbay and it came out last year. Or I'm sorry, Shady Torbay, I guess. I don't know how to pronounce his name exactly. I'm sorry. Um, it's part of the Oniverse, so it comes in one of those nice little square He needs to wear a shirt. He needs to wear a shirt like Ignasi. Does he wear a shirt that tells you how to pronounce his name? Oh, that's cool. Ignasi does, yes. He has a shirt that lets you know how to pronounce his yeah. name. Well, well, Shadi... He wears it to cons. May- maybe he doesn't need to because he is an opera star already, so... Maybe he doesn't have to worry about that sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> sorry sorry to ramble here. It, the art is by Elise Plessis. Um, and it is part of the universe, so it comes in a nice square box. And it, the game, the setting now is... It's a nautical theme. You're in the Nautilian, a submarine trying to fight the dark house which is um the big enemy in this one which i think is actually the coolest enemy yet and the game is basically a a dice rolling game a roll and move is the mechanic and i know that turns off a lot of people just when they hear that i find it surprisingly fun for a roll and move uh, it has a lot more choices and thought than your typical roll and move i think so the rules, um, if you're familiar with the Oniverse games, then, then you know what to expect. If not, what you're getting, the rule book is very small. It's I find it's very simple to follow the rules. The The way he designs the games, they're very modular, and then you get a base game that is very simple to play at first, and then you add expansions, and each expansion adds complexity, and all that is very clear in the rules. Uh, very well designed. I did find the 
the color scheme's a little bit hard to read sometimes in the rule book. That'd be about my only complaint about it. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, in, in some of the expansions, yeah, I, I found it a little challenging, like green on blue or something like that. That just, well, anyway. But, you know, it, it's readable. It also helped once I put on my reading glasses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forget, you're an old yeah. man, Albert. You're an old man. Yeah, and I find I need it more and more all the time. So in terms of components, how about the, the you know, what can I say? This is, again, if you're familiar with the universe, it's, you know what to expect pretty much. It's a it's a nice box with nice art. This one's more blue because it's And sonical. I really wish they'd stop doing that that typical Oniverse box with the fold-over top yeah, thing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, really? You love that? I like, it. I like it in this one. It's the waves and you're opening up and you open up the ocean and you see fish swimming underneath. I think that's really neat. I enjoy that. I always feel bad throwing it away because it's pretty, but I throw it away because it does nothing to make it harder for me to open up the box. That's so wrong. That's just so wrong. Well, it's, it's <sighs> I'll get I'll get beyond, I'll get beyond it somehow. The the art again, you know, it's typical Oniverse art, which I really like. I like that style. I think some people really dislike it. Some like it. You know, make what you will of it. Um, the dice it has dice. They're cust- They're they are custom dice, but just barely in that they're non standard pips. It's not a. It's a d six, but it's not a one through six. The the range is one, one through one, four. One one two two three four. One two two three three four two threes maybe. One one two two three okay. four. Okay. Um, it brings standees, which is cool. There's little standees for your submarines, and there's standees for the the bad guys that are they're trying to stop you, I guess. And what's pretty neat, mm-hmm. the game brings boards, um, and there's different boards for for different submarines. There's like five or six different styles of submarines. You have st- standees for each of those st- submarines too. They all look different. It makes absolutely no difference, but just to make the themes a little stronger and just make the game a little bit nicer, I guess, they, they included all those extra standees. None at all. So let me mm-hmm. ask you a question. Do you like the fact that they have so many different standees in there? It's a little annoying to store it sometimes, but I, I, I do appreciate yep. that they're all different. Do you take the standees off their stands? I keep them. I keep them on their stands, and I, that's how right. I, I keep them on their stands also because I'm concerned that removing them from the stands is going to damage yeah. them. But there's two bad guys in the game. There's the dark house, and there's the the bad sub, which the name is not coming to mind. Oh, what is that called? I didn't. The phantom. Excuse me. There's the phantom, and there's the dark house. So the dark house has one of the pretty plastic meeples associated with it. But the Phantom doesn't have any pretty plastic meeple. It's just a standee. And your character is one of different standees. I would have kind of preferred if the game would have had three nice meeples. One mm-hmm. for the captain of your ship, one for the dark, and one for the dark house, and one for the Phantom. Because then I wouldn't have to worry about the standees coming apart. I wouldn't have to try and figure out how to get them back in the box. And it also seems weird that there's the one meeple, and then there's the other standees. I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the standees. Okay. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. I think the cost would definitely go up if they did the meeples, and that's probably the only reason. Then again, standees aren't that cheap either. But you know, who knows? Um, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of storing them either. <laughs> yeah, so they fit in the insert, but you kind of get it's sort of a little puzzle to get them to fit in there, and that is interesting. Yeah. The 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 dark house meeple, I I always find it hard to get in and out. 
He is the coolest looking villain, I think, in the box. It's he's basically the opposite Agreed. of the lighthouse. Right? He's a uh, a lighthouse that makes darkness. Yeah, he's the coolest one of those type of meeples so far. Mm-hmm. And I like that they have the different – I mean, you could probably get back into this for the gameplay too. But I like that they have the different ships because when you're placing the – when you're doing the different ships, it makes a big difference about how difficult the game is, about how well interconnected all the slots on the ships are. So as you get into the more difficult ships, the slots are less connected. So the fact that they have all those different boards made it very interesting and easy to scale about how difficult of a game do you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you feeling like winning today or are you feeling like losing? Oh, it's, for me so far, it's been, it's, do you feel like losing today or do you feel like losing really badly? <laughs> oh, really, Albert? You can't win? I have win? not won very much, especially once I added the expansions. Though I realized, oh, okay. and surprise here, I had made a mistake in the rules. <laughs> Which is, I, have you been listening to the last few shows? You'll notice there's a theme here. That that seems to happen. Occasionally. I hadn't noticed, Good. Albert. Okay, then I, it's variants. I make variants for the game is what it is. <laughs> what rules did you mess up this time? But yeah, so so the gameplay, right? Uh, what rules did you mess up this time? Um, there's some tokens that you start the game with that you could use, sort of like you do spells in Onirum to to make things a little bit easier for you. I had not realized that the tokens that when I collect a one of the crew and I don't put him on my ship, he goes into that same pool, and I could use him for one of those spells. So I, so. I had four tokens that I could use for spells at the beginning, and that's all I ever got. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, would make it hard. Yeah, no, it doesn't work so, that so way. So let's, <laughs> let's jump into the gameplay, right? Um, I think I, we talked about all the components. The only thing we did mention is, well, I did mention it has five expansions, and they each have components that go with them. Extra counters or cards or, or whatever. The um, the gameplay is dice rolling. You, you roll three dice, basically. Uh, one goes to the dark house, one goes to the phantom ship, and one goes to your ship. And just to make sure it's clear, by the way, when you say dice rolling, do you mean that it's a roll and move? Surprise! Yes, basically, right? I mean, but it isn't a roll and move. It's a roll. Think about it. Make a tough choice and move. You don't. You do not get the joke, Albert. That's that's a joke. I expect many of our listeners to get. You missed it. But it is a good roll and move. It's not. It's not a bad game. Nothing to get upset about. Um, full of tough choices because in fact you're going to roll your dice think about your what you could do with those dice and then you're going to move um, and it's, it's tough choices because you know I don't want to get into the game rules too much right and we're trying to avoid that sure but the the dice you give to the dark house could hurt you if, if it's a high number the dice you give to the phantom could hurt you because he's going to take things off the board so you know you got to make a tough choice about what you give him and then the dice you keep also is you know is going to be something you need. So you got to balance like who gets which dice and and who gets what out of it, and how much it all hurts. Yeah, you. it's a weighed decision. It's it's not a it's not a thoughtless yeah. decision about which one to give. You know, especially when you're rolling high numbers, you have to be able to do something. But then again, if you roll three of one number, you still have to make a decision. Well, do I want to use my precious reserve tokens to modify that? Use the spells. Mm-hmm, yep. And and as you start adding expansions, you find that there's even more ways to to deal with all the randomness, and and then just more choices to make. For example, the first expansion adds a I forget what it's called a, a ship of wizards or magicians. Mages. And when she's mages, yeah, mages. And when you start filling that up, that gives you free rerolls. So so now if you got a die you didn't like, you could reroll it. But darn, which of the two dice or three dice do you want to reroll anyway? That could be our choice there. 
<laughs> so I find yeah, it I full think of that the choices. mercenaries, I think the mercenaries, the dark house, and heroic actions all really give you more options and choices to make. I didn't really find the reefs gave you many, very many different choices about what happens. That's still just that that ups the randomness for me. Yeah, so so sometimes I, I had choices is like, boy, do I want to get rid of that reef so I don't have to go there later? Or am I going to leave it there and take on one of the other things away, right? When, as the phantom lands on it. Like, because you could get the phantom, get rid of reefs. And that sort of makes it, gives you a little bit of choice. But, but I also found it. I mean, there's no bonus to removing a reef. I, if you if you can avoid a reef. Well, if you, if you don't, re- well, I guess that's true. Cause, no, because if you, if you don't remove the reef and you remove something else with a phantom, your chances of falling on the reef are higher. And, and landing on the reefs can be bad because it could cost There's you no good – the reefs don't do anything good. So there is a bit you of – You always want to avoid the reefs as much as is possible. Yes. But it may get – yeah. And and so getting rid of them can right. help you avoid them later, potentially. But a, anyway, so so I, I do agree. It definitely had less choice than the other ones. I found the uh, mercenaries hard, much harder than the rest personally. And that maybe it was because I was getting those rules mistakes – I, I end up losing a lot of games halfway through because I come across the Phantom and just can't. I thought Mercenaries was it. actually one of the more interesting ones because once Mercenaries comes mm-hmm. in, so the Mercenaries can be placed anywhere on your board, but you have to know that they're going to be leaving soon. So it becomes much more tricky about where do I put these Mercenaries so that I can continue grabbing crew in the meantime, but not enough that when the Mercenaries leave, I'm going to be stuck discarding half my crew. Yep, yep, and and that and that that is, I find that did give you a lot of choice, but I just I do really badly <laughs> in it. Um, you know, this game is interesting. I I like it a lot. I'll say that, but but at the same time, something about it bugs me a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what it is, and I think it's what I think it is, is that when you set it up, you set up all the counters face up, and all the information is up there in front of you the only thing you don't know is what numbers you're going to roll but as you're playing there's a lot of information to digest and and figure out when you make a move right because you want to go forward and get these tiles you want and you you may take a say if you take the three dice you're going to skip a couple tiles and go to that third one you have to make sure that you're not skipping stuff that's not going to be available later because if you skipped it and it's no longer available and you need the that number you're not going to win the game well, out of curiosity, right. when you discard tokens, are you discarding them in an organized fashion or are you discarding them in a haphazard fashion? Haphazard. That It may help if you discard them in an organized fashion because my discard pile, I sort by number. So I can typically look at my discard pile and see. And usually when I'm using reserves, I will first use you know, the, the reserves that all that were once crewmen so that I can get them over to the discard pile. So I can more easily see what's in the discard pile and what's still on the board somewhere. So that makes it much more easy for me to see what do I need mm-hmm. and what do I not need. That is smart. You know, that never occurred to me. I'm going to have to do that. Albert, you've been yeah, playing it wrong. That definitely would help a lot and reduce a lot of that stress. Yeah. So that's Wait. something I do that makes it definitely easier for me to play the game. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're a person that likes to to plan ahead and, and plan your moves, I think this game will work well even with the randomness because you know as soon as you set it up, you could spend a few minutes just looking at the board and, and seeing what tiles are going to come up first and yeah. what aren't and and really plan all your moves. 
I don't think this game is designed for somebody who wants to try to do that because you don't know what mm-hmm. dice you're going to be getting. You you may say, hey, there's the one here and there's a one all the way over there. I've got to hit that one right here. But you may get nowhere near that. You may not have the dice for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so, and so there's going to be a lot of, you know, rolling your dice and then sitting there and rethinking your strategy again for the, for another. I don't know. Thing. I think this if is one of the lighter. If you enjoy paralysis, this is, this is a game to, to really revel I, in it. I don't think so. That's not how I play it, at least. <laughs> I, I feel no, like this is a lighter... It hasn't been how I played so far, but it could be. Albert, I think that this is one of the lighter Oni Rim games. I feel like this really slots under just about all of them, I think, because it's it's a roll-and-move game in the end. I don't know which one I'm going to reach. It's all about immediate tactics, not overarching strategy for the whole game. You can't plan out, you know, I need this three and this three because you've just got to work with whatever dice it is that you get on that turn. For me, this is very much a chill type game. I don't have to think very much when I'm playing this mm-hmm. game. And I will note that my win rate seems a lot higher than yours. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it seems like some people get a game and some don't, because I, I remember with uh, Sylveon, I found it really easy and you found it challenging. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, I don't know, some people get one and some the other. The the, the, the thing that you, you mentioned, this game is very random, and uh, maybe more than the others. I don't know that I agree with that, because... I didn't say I, random, I find, lighter. Um, Onirum is very random, right? You, you have a hand of five cards, you don't know what card you're going to get next and, and what shows up, and you could mitigate the randomness. Albert, extremely random. Albert, I didn't say random. I said lighter. But you you mentioned random too. You mentioned it's random. random yes, I die. grant you it's random because it's a roll and move. I just mentioned it's lighter. I don't think it's more random than the other ones. I think it's lighter than the other ones because I feel like there's less overarching strategy decisions and memory requirements and stuff to do. For me, it's a chill game. Okay. It's it's when I don't want to think very hard. This takes less thought process for me than Oni Rim or Sylveon did. I feel like Sylveon is way more complicated and way harder than this game, way heavier than this game. Mm-hmm. Did you did you ever play the uh, Castilian? Still haven't. Okay, I find that to be probably the the most strategic, the the one that that you could. And again, it's there's a ton of random in it because you don't know what you're gonna draw. But I found that one mm-hmm. more complex. Yeah. It could be. I, again, I still haven't played it, but yeah. again, I think this is the the lightest one that they have. It's It feels really simple and light to me. It feels like a mm-hmm. chill-type game if I just want to relax mm-hmm. in the evening. For me also, when I play this, I have a big black playmat that I put down on the board, which makes it very easy for me to set up all these tokens. It doesn't take me very long. I haven't timed it, but it doesn't take me very long to set up the game and go. So for me, I'll, even though there's a lot of tokens in the game, to me, it feels like a very light, evening, relaxing game where I don't have to think that hard, where I just mm-hmm. want to relax with the game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, setting it up is quick. You know, you throw your, your tokens on the board, you sort of shuffle them up like you would with dominoes and then just flip them up to the right side and, and position them as you're doing it. Super mm-hmm. quick. It doesn't have to be very precise or neat. Yeah. All except for um, the heroic actions, by the way, expansion. Uh, okay. I haven't played that one yet. Um, I read through it, but I haven't played that one. Albert. The, so what do you think about the theme? Um, well, can I just mention about the heroic actions card first? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Albert, I can't believe you haven't played the heroic action ones. Uh, you're, if you're familiar with those ones, the way that works is you have to discard one of your crew tokens from the board to do one of the heroic action cards. And 
I mean, by and large, these heroic, quote, heroic actions. If you've ever seen like Get Smart or that sort of things, every time I play one of these, I'm like, what kind of idiot is doing this? I feel like this is a tragic <laughs> hero. He's the sort of guy who, who grabs like, Aah! and he starts running at the bad guys and then pan over to his sword and it's actually a limp fish. Yeah. I think these are the same, the same sailors that were in Red November. It could be. That's what it is. It could be. So none of the heroic <laughs> actions are good. They're bad. Yeah, they're, they're not that great. They they help you. Don't 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 get it wrong. But but yeah, they don't help that much. But they, it, they don't they help don't that help much. So much that's worth discarding a crew token. <laughs> yeah, and you have to do that because you, when you finish the game, you have to have played all your heroic action cards. Exactly. So I I find I personally find heroic actions frustrating because it takes a ton more planning to be able to figure out how to do them and every time I do it I'm like why are you being an idiot? Why are you being an idiot? So I don't play with heroic actions. I don't like that one. I I like all the other ones, but I don't like that one. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the and yes, I've ranted at my cards before. I've accused them of being idiots. <laughs> what is the the other expansion called? Number four. There are where, four. Where there is there's the five. There's mages, mercenaries, reefs, dark house, and heroic actions. Okay, and so the dark house expansion. Did you find that one adds a lot to the game in terms of strategy, or just more randomness? Uh it's because it's more. You, that one you the dark the, house is more replayability. The dark house. Is in, normally the dark house does one thing and one thing only for the whole game. With this, uh, it what it does changes each turn, and there's a stack of uh, dark house cards. So every game it'll be slightly different. I feel like it adds more replayability. I don't think it really adds more difficulty, um, especially since I normally play on normal mode and not difficult mode with that. So I think it just adds more replayability. Mm-hmm. It adds a bit more. I mean, I, I will find that sometimes I've forgotten to keep progressing along those cards because you have to keep going down and remembering which one you're up to. So I'll find that sometimes yeah. I've forgotten to do that, but otherwise I, th- I think it just adds more replayability. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I had from that because it didn't seem like like it it would change your, your choices a lot when you play with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you were asking about theme. Yes. It's a dream world. <laughs> Something weird is going on in a dream world with the, the boats going to charge each other. You have somehow a physical charge between two guys with spears while we're in an underwater boat in a submarine. Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. and a submarine piloted by a, by a dolphin from the look of it. This is a psychedelic, <laughs> this is a psychedelic dream. This belongs on Yellow Submarine. So theme, yeah, I'm in there. You're in the dream world. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's light. I it's, I like I said, I love the dark house. I think he's a cool villain. I want to see. More okay. So, final review: thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral? Thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up. And I'm pretty yeah. sure any universe game is going to get a thumbs up for me. It'd have to be pretty bad. Well, Sylvian didn't get a thumbs up for me, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Complete yeah, disclosure. It's not true for me. Super biased. <laughs> it's not true for me because Sylvian did not get a thumbs up from me, but I gave this no, one a not. thumbs up almost begrudgingly. Cause I felt like it had to prove itself. Cause I mean, in the end it, it feels like, you know, just sit back and chill type thing. It's a step above playing a, uh, it's a step above reading a novel. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. <laughs> that's what I wanted a little bit more interaction than reading a novel. All right. So that's Natillion. Let us move on to flatline. 
I know nothing about this game. Tell me about Flatline. Well, let's talk about Flatline. Flatline is, they call themselves a fuse aftershock game. So this is taking place in a spaceship. And the spaceship has come under heavy damages, and you are a medic in there trying to treat patients. It is a fast-action dice-rolling game. The game will take place in a series of rounds. The, during the untimed portion, you will click down a round, draw a number of cards, and these cards will have objectives for you to meet or bad things that happen on the ship. And then you'll have a one-minute timed round where you and up to four other players are rolling dice as fast as possible and trying to match them to icons on the board. There'll be icons spread all around the board and you have to, and these are custom dice. So you have to put your dice on the correct places on the board to cure patients or to get bonuses or to clear away threats. And the goal of the game is to clear away enough patients before all the rounds are over. So you'll do the timed round, untimed round, timed round, untimed round. And you keep going through that until you've either ran through all the rounds and the spaceship has blown up or whatever happens or you cured all the patients yay get back to work <laughs> now you said this is a fuse game is it the same designer's fuse it's the same publisher's fuse i would have to see if it's the same one moment the designer of this one is kane Klenko. it's the same publisher yes it's renegade games uh i don't know if it's the same designer but i can certainly look that out it is the same designer Okay. It is the same designer and the same publisher. It doesn't feel the same as Fuse. Um, I don't know. Fuse felt smaller. This one feels very different, but I think we'll get back to that when we get back to the uh, solace or the overall summary in the end. Talking about the rules. So this game has an app that goes with it. There, You can use any one-minute timer or you can use the app. I really like the app. Um, because the app, first of all, gives you a slightly advanced rules reference sheet to go through with the app. It's not quite a tutorial, but it's a rules reference. Um, I'll get back to the rest of the aspects of the app when we get to components. In terms of how the rules reference, in terms of how the rules themselves are written, for some reason, I, I read through it once and it just didn't click for me, but this game was actually part of a local um, event sponsored by my local game store, which I attended and played a whole bunch of <laughs> played the game a whole bunch of times at the event. So I tried reading the rules once and then somebody taught me the rules and that was a lot easier <laughs> to learn how. So it didn't click with me, but the, uh, the rules understanding for the game seemed very clear. The only issue I had with the rules is that I did not understand from the rules really about how to play on solo. What you're supposed to do when you're playing solo is you essentially are setting the game up for two players and you get two sets of dice. But that didn't quite mesh with me with some of the other mechanics. So I assume the intent is you are two people and you're just rolling, you're just rolling both those people at once, but you have to sort of lock off those two people into two separate things and treat it as if there are two people on the board or something along those lines. So it just never really got explained about how the solo rules work in the rules. Okay. So, that's so wait, it doesn't, does it not tell you the solo rules at all? Or It says it when you're playing solo, take two sets of dice and set up the game like a two-player game. And that's it. That's the only thing it says for solo. 
Oh. <laughs> so you're like, well, does that mean I'm playing okay. like it's two that, player? Because yeah. there's there's some interactions. Like some of the icons on the board have to be done by multiple players. Some of them can only be done by one player. So you're looking. You're like, wait, can I? Am I playing as one player, or two players? Do I get? Can I? Do I have to use different color dice? Do I, can I only use one color dice? So the interaction between solo and those icons was unclear from the rules, and I just had to sort of interpret it myself. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, talking yeah, about yeah. talking about components, um, the game uses custom dice. I love custom dice. <laughs> they look really nice. There's a bunch of like sci-fi icons for things that are vaguely medical not really clear what exactly they are or how they're supposed to be medical in all instances, but they're vaguely medical <laughs> and they have such strange colors. I assume that the colors they picked were to be prevent colorblind issues from speaking with my colorblind friends. They did that pretty well, but like they have neon yellow and pink and green and a light blue and purple and dark blue dice. And the dice are purple, gray, black, and pink. So hmm. <laughs> they're using some, 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 it's hard to say abnormal, but uncommonly used color scheme is being used here, which is just fine. Cause again, we're in a sci-fi world and it matches at least with art on the box. So I understand what they're going for, but you know, I will, it looks nice. It certainly manages to match its theme. So it all looks nice and all comes together quite well. So that's about components. Uh, is it this? It reminds you of Dice Masters games. Yes. You know, is it the same size dice, basically? Yes. They're colorful like that too. That's because Dice Masters is every single color under the sun. Say that again. Dice Masters is every single color under the sun. So eventually, well, yeah. I'll find one that matches. <laughs> that's that's a fair. Yeah, that's true. So that's with regard to components. Let me talk about theme for a second. I think I just now mentioned that it's vaguely medical. The idea of the game is that you're treating patients by matching icons somehow. I mean, this is not a really strong theme. (laughs) I I mean, I don't really understand how matching icons treats patients other than just in an abstract way that somehow, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a weird theme. The box implies, the box implies that there's these big med beds that have different icons on them and somehow you have to, I don't know, tap the buttons in the right layout in order to heal the people. And you have to do that super fast and you have to treat people in a minute or less. Mm, the okay. theme is there enough for me to maybe be able to think that the theme is justified in being there, but only maybe. <laughs> it's a theme. This is a game with a theme. <laughs> I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, the theme is but not it's a very fun strong. Game and that's what matters. Exactly, the theme is not very strong, but it's enough of a theme for for me to say it has a theme, and it's not themeless. So there you mm-hmm. go. Let's talk about gameplay. Okay. The the so app, is it like Fuse? Have you played Fuse? I have played I Fuse. You, I think you have. I remember you telling me about it. I have played Fuse. This is much, 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 much better than Fuse. The, oh, okay. the app especially makes the gameplay even more adrenaline rush because when you're playing with the app, it's not just a timer. It's got a real beat to it and the, the upbeat nature and the, the music and the sounds that it's making for that one minute really make you f- 
just get an adrenaline rush every time you play it. We talked about how last time you can sit back and chill. With this game, this is the opposite scale. If you want an energy rush, if you want an adrenaline boost, play this game with the app. You will have a minute and you will roll the dice and you will go like a madman and you will go like a madman for a minute and you'll be like, okay, what did I do? Great. Let's do it again. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> hit me again. Hit me again. <laughs> you just have to keep doing that. And so it's, so the game, it lasts a minute? There's a minute for a timed round where you're rolling the dice, like oh, where round. you're rolling the dice and you're madly looking around trying to find, can I go here? Yes. Wait, can I go there? I need a green. I need a pink. Do I have a green and a pink? Yes, I have a green and a pink. Uh, I need a green, a pink, and orange over here. Now that I need the two different colors to have a pink and a green go over here, great. So then I need over here, I need to have a white and a pink over on this one, but they have to be both the same color. Uh, don't have that. Maybe I can fit this in somewhere else. And so for a minute, you're just talking like mad like that. And if you're playing solo and you're talking <laughs> to yourself and you're just getting into it and into it and you're just keep going, <laughs> it's a ton of fun. It's, it's, it's awesome. It sounds fun. Yeah. It's awesome for bringing up the energy level. It, it, it just gets my, it gets my blood pumping. That's really what it's been doing. It's a tough game though. It's a co-op game and it's tough. I feel like it's very tight on the amount of turns that you have. You can flip over the turn counter and play on the more difficult mode. I've rarely beat the normal mode. I've not even tried the more difficult mode. It's a tight game. It's I'm finding it hard to beat, but I haven't cared. <laughs> beating it is is glorious. I've often I'm not even coming close to beating it, but just the adrenaline rush that you're getting for it is it, it's pumping. It gets me pumping. It's like coffee, man. Okay, that sounds fun. Sounds like you really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. And in all honesty, I'll tell you the real reason why I picked up this game or was looking at it was because of my local game store running this event for it. And I don't think it would have, I don't think I probably would have played it. I, I wouldn't have played it a whole bunch uh, over a short period of time like this or, or, you know, gotten that excited about it, but the store was running this event. They were teaching how to play it. There was a bunch of people who were interested in playing it. And so really, I, you know, I mentioned this only because back at the beginning of the show, we were talking about minimum advertised price. And this is a great value add for the store that made me really interested in, in this game and picking up this game. And now I'm really loving the amount of energy this game can really bring to my day. It's better than coffee, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and it's easy to set up. All right, but, you, but it won't keep you warm in a cold winter day. Neither does coffee. That's what coats are for. Have you drink it fast. Have you throw it on your skin. It'd keep you warm. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to say <laughs> to that. It might, yeah. So what surprises me, by the way, is that there's no easy mode to the game. <laughs> <laughs> with with something like Escape, which also has this time thing, although Escape is only a ten minute game, this one takes about thirty minutes to play ish. And it's a minute on, minute off, minute on, minute off, which I prefer more than Escape, which is just which is ten minutes of oh, straight. Yeah. Ten minutes of adrenaline, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this one this one has the the fact that it's on and off, I don't know, it just feels more energizing to me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um but I'm surprised there's no easy mode. I feel like they could have implemented an easy mode, but didn't. 
even something like give you an extra die because you start hmm. with six dice and there's two dice that you can add to to your abilities if you do it. I don't know. They could have said give you an extra die or give you another set of turn trackers that are for easy mode or just give you an extra turn. Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm, they could have come up with an easy mode and I'm just surprised that they didn't come up with an easy mode because the game's just beating me up. <laughs> now, do you think it's maybe because they're just not used to making solo games? I mean, it has nothing to do with it's solo. It has to do with one. It's one to five. Yeah, and that's true. Through, yeah, yeah. through playing this at my local events, I've played it at one to five. Okay. There's a there's a demo copy in my store that has gotten a lot of use from me. <laughs> well, that is cool. It sounds like a, a neat game. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty game. It's a pretty game. It's fun. I'm I'm liking it. So that's that's getting a big strong thumbs up for me. Strong thumbs up. Cool. And it came out this year. Okay. Yeah, I think it's actually a relatively new game. The, I mean, it's just coming out. Okay. The art is nice. I like the art on it. Mm-hmm. I like well, stuff. the only time you're going to be seeing that art is on the box, and the art is a little bit on the on the playboard. There's a little bit of finickiness to the playboard because it comes together and it doesn't doesn't line up perfect. But me, mm-hmm. how many dice are you rolling at a time? Well, you roll once. You roll your dice. You have six dice by default, and you roll them once, and you can purchase a reroll by discarding another die. So it's not like Escape where you're you're rolling. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of times. It's more mental than that. It's not physical. It's a it's a mental st- uh, stimulation game. You're having to look at your dice and figure out where on the board you can put them. You are not rolling it mad in order to get one specific icon. Which may be why I'm I feeling see, okay. more mentally stimulated by it than escape. Okay. So typically you're only rolling once. I'm, I find it funny that a couple times we've played... And we set out this whole plan and we say, okay, guys, we need to focus on this, on this one over here. And we roll and I'm playing with one guy and one guy says, oh my God, guys, we all done a roll green. So we can't do this other thing over here. Quick, everybody re-roll until we can get our green. And so we start blowing through dice to re-roll until we all get green or we all get orange or whatever it is that somebody (laughs) has shouted out, hey, we got to go do. And we all go do it and we blow a bunch of our time on it. And then we get done with a minute. I'm like, hey, guys, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> we just shot ourselves in the foot. And that wasn't the plan. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. It's 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 awesome. It's fun. No, no it's not the same kind of fun solo, though. Why not? Or, or is it? Does it feel very different? Multiple when you're playing solo, it, it feels very similar, especially if you're the kind of guy who has no problem talking to yourself. But okay. there are definitely <laughs> times where I've rolled it, and I thought before I started, I said, I'm going to fix that thing over there. And I roll it, and I see my dice match over to here, and I start looking at the other side of the board, and I forget to go over there, or I don't do it. I'm, I make errors in in solo just like i do in multiplayer except that when i'm doing solo i have nobody else to blame <laughs> when, <laughs> when errors happen multiplayer i can usually point at someone else and say why did you do that <laughs> in solo yeah. i can't do that to anybody but the dice which is why i'm yelling at the dice okay well very cool i like this one go get it go get it albert i, I have not played fuse yet either i've seen it at the store a few times but i've never played it pass seriously Pass. Go get Flatline. Okay. 
And how do they compare in price? I think I think uh, Fuse is twenty five dollars or so. All right, so Fuse is about twenty dollars on miniature market, and Flatline is about thirty two dollars on miniature market. But Flatline okay. comes with a lot more. It's a bigger box. It's got a board to it. Uh, it's got more dice, and it's got cards. And Fuse is, is cards and dice. Mm-hmm. So there's much more coming in Flatline. So it it deserves the extra price. And in my opinion, it's a world's better of a game. Okay. But yeah, it, it, yeah. You're gushing over this game. It really sounds good. You make you, you sell it well. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotcha. This is why I got to do Flatline this episode and you did Nautilion. Because I figured I could sell Flatline and you were going to lose Nautilion. And we're going to have everybody come back and say, man, that, that Julius, he beat Albert again. And you can tell I'm still stinking from when we were going back and I was losing and... I'm glad we don't have a what's it's missing anymore. <laughs> All right. I think we're done here, Albert. <laughs> Before we get into talking about what's it missing. Yeah. We're done. That's right. Or we'll bring it back, people. I'm telling you. Not joking here. We're done. <laughs> Maybe I am. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening. Stop.